Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wishful Podcast. I'm super excited to bring to you this week's episode, which I think many of us can relate to, especially during this time period. And it is episode number 61, entitled Overwhelm with Dr. Marion McCrary. Before we get into a little bit about this week's episode, I just want to mention that this is actually Dr. McCrary's birthday. So happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful day. And without further ado, I want to get into this week's episode. Dr. McCrary is an internal medicine physician and certified integrative health and wellness coach out in Durham, North Carolina. She discusses the feeling of overwhelm in her own personal life and how to address this feeling that is so prevalent amongst not only women, but in people in general. She talks about discovering health coaching to help patients and others as she was able to address the overwhelm in her own life. Her advice to others is if you find yourself overwhelmed and yearning for more time for yourself, follow these steps. Number one, determine your priorities. Do delegate, delete, and defer. Number two, set boundaries to, to protect yourself and your relationships. Number three, avoid relapse. We will go into all of this in this episode, so I really do hope that you enjoy this. You can find out more information about Dr. McCrary on her website, which is marion-wellness.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Marion McCrary Wellness, and on Twitter at Marion McCrary MD. I will leave all this information in the show notes so you can take a look there or you can head on over to our blog for her full bio at wishwell.health.blog. As always, you know, I post all this information on Instagram at wishwell.health and you know where to reach me at Michelle Dang MD. I look forward to connecting with you all again soon. I hope you stay safe, take care, and I will talk to you all again soon. All right. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishful Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Marion McCrary. She is an internal medicine physician out in Durham, North Carolina. We connected. We were trying to figure out where we found each other. We can't remember. It's one of the social media platforms. And I am super excited to have her on the podcast today to share with you her word for health and wellness is, which is overwhelm, which I think a lot of us can relate to, whether we are women physicians or just women or just people in general. So welcome, Marion. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Awesome. Well, of course, I'm so excited to have you here and we chatted a little bit beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I wanted you to share a little bit about your journey into this specific field, um, you know, where you said you feel overwhelmed. Um, why did you choose that word? Yeah, I, um, I have definitely been there. I've said many times, gosh, I'm overwhelmed or I don't have enough time. 
And in thinking about what uh, women might want to hear about, um, this is also something I've experienced, but I have talked about it so many times in the exam room. And there's no ICD-10 code for, for this, um, but it's very prevalent and it's very impactful. And for me personally, I remember starting to have this feeling about eight to 10 years ago. And it was kind of same amount of time into my practice. I was seeing patients. I was um, serving as our lead physician. And we were actually in the process of recreating an EMR, actually typing in stuff from an old EMR. And I, I was just so burnt out. Um, I wasn't enjoying myself with my job. I was looking for some kind of... Um, joy and spark um, to compensate for that. So I was looking at it in other parts of my life. And I decided, I don't even remember why, to go to a preventative medicine conference in Chicago. I think I really wanted to go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And at that conference, I heard about health coaching. And I thought, you know what? That might be a really good option for me to use with patients who come in with that feeling you know, I just, I don't have any time for me. I heard it mostly from young moms. I heard it from middle-aged women who were in that kind of sandwich generation where they were taking care of their kids and they were taking care of their parents. And so I thought this would be perfect for them. And by the way, the sandwich generation is great. I've never heard that term before. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah. I think I've also heard it called the middle place too. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of uh, terms for, for us uh, middle-aged women. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm starting to get into that, to that realm. Mm -hmm. um, but I just thought, you know what, this is interesting. So I was like, is this something that is going to change it up for me? Can I learn a little bit about this and kind of get that reinterest in my job and, and just think about things a little differently. And so I um, started looking into it. And when I did, I thought, you know what, I've been coached before and I didn't really even notice it. Um, I looked back and I was able to participate in a leadership program, it was called, with my health system. And it was, in hindsight, this great group coaching series. And it, and it really had helped me start to figure out some of the things of why I was burned out and, and what I wanted to change. So all this was kind of happening at the same time. And I participated, again, I was searching things out with a um, program in my hometown that's actually, it attracts people from all over the world. I just happen to be lucky to have it here called Cultivate What Matters. And I went into that saying, okay, what am I going to find that's going to bring some fun and zest in my life? And, and I'm going to come out with this great list of all these things. And it was totally a different situation. I went in and, and they were like, you know, we really want to work on what's important to you, what matters. And that I came out of that totally interested in kind of just going back to the simple, what was important to me at home, kind of using that as a start. And, and so that kind of carried me into uh, my coach training and wanting to help others in the same way. And I felt like I've done the work myself. I've kind of walked the walk. And now mm -hmm. I'm really interested in helping other folks. Um, it's something I can use with patients. It's a different way of being there for them and helping them. It's something I can use with non-patients. I have coached physicians. I've coached non-physicians. And it's really just been um, something that I've used in daily conversations as well, just kind of listening and talking to people in a different way has really kind of helped me. So that, that's the coaching piece of that. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I have since found so many other physicians who have kind of had their own journeys and gotten interested in coaching because they experience the benefits of it. And then they in turn want to um, tell everybody about it and help, help people in that way as well. Excellent. And so I myself know a little bit about coaching, but for those of us who don't really understand it, can you explain to the listeners what coaching is and what specifically is the difference between a life coach or a career coach and an integrative health coach? Um, and what is it that you do as an integrative health coach? Yeah, I definitely can do that. So, so we think of our role as a physician, you know, we're, we're listening, we're talking with folks, you know, those things are the same, but in our, in our expert hat as the physician, we're, we're giving advice, we're suggesting things, we're diagnosing, we're treating things. And, and so you, you really have that role of, I know what's going on. Let me tell you what to do. And in coaching, at least in integrative health coaching, I am not the expert on that person. They are. And what I do is I am trained to use um, skills and a framework to really help them achieve what they want. So they come in with, here's what I want to have done, or here's what I want to do. If I want to change something, this is what's important to me. And I use questioning and reflection and, and other frameworks to really help them move forward to that. So we're building confidence. They're actually building this vision of what they want, why it's important to them, where it fits into their life. And, and by working with a coach, they are slowly making goals, small steps to try to get to that. Um, and so there are um, wellness coaches, there are health coaches, they're very similar. Um, they're executive coaches where they're actually working on your work life specifically, or if you're working with a run coach, a sports coach, you know, they're working on specific aspects. What I liked about the concept of an integrative health coach is that the integrated piece of it is that your health is affected by so many different things. So if you've ever seen one of those wheels of health or wheels of life, and you can, or I can, as an integrative health coach, um, work on any of those things. So there's no limitations. It's really what the person comes to me and wants to work on. And I wasn't familiar with life coaching very much when I decided to do integrative health coach training. And since then, I've found so many other folks who have trained as a life coach. And I think they're very similar. Personally, I my training was you know, don't make suggestions to folks, help them get to where they need to be um, on their own. And I do see sometimes in life coaching, in my experience, that there, there's a little bit more of a guidance. And depending on the person, um, both work well. And some people may get more out of one style of coaching than the other. Um, but I think um, finding a happy medium for me um, has really been helpful for me to reach certain people who uh, pure health coaching has not helped them get to where they want to be. Great. And so you mentioned you did your integrative health coaching at a time when you were still in clinical practice. And so explain to me and to the listeners what that was like bringing, once you came back from that experience and being trained as a health coach, what was that like clinically with your patients? 
Yeah, it actually, it just kind of opened me up to having a different, different way of having conversations. So I would find myself actually changing how I ask questions. So as a physician, I'd be like, tell me about this, or are you doing this? And, and in my training, it was suggested that we start our questions with what and how. Mm-hmm. And, and by doing that, it really opened up the ability for them to respond in an open-ended way. Um, when we, when I first started my training, I was a little embarrassed. We all got up and said what we did and where we were from. And, um, and before that, there was a little intro about how long does it take a doctor to interrupt you in an, in an office visit? And it was something like 12 seconds or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I'm in a good place here. <laughs> so, um, but it really reminded me that we do do that, you know, when we are limited in time or we really have something important that we, we want to get to right away. And although we're all trained to kind of go in with open-ended questions, sometimes we forget that. And it just mm-hmm. really helped remind me. And I, I actually found a lot of folks when I left the practice that I was in who, you know, said to me, gosh, you really listened to me. I felt like you heard me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like that's something, you know, maybe I was doing okay before then, but I felt like I was really doing a lot better after I thought about it. And I just came at it with a different approach with them. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that at that time, when you were in practice for about eight to 10 years, you were feeling yourself the overwhelm. So did that change after you completed your health coaching? I think it, I think the whole process of the, the development that I went through personally and professionally really brought me to a place where I was ready to consider other things or consider things differently. Mm -hmm. And I actually, um, prior to doing all this kind of had the, the mindset that I don't like change. I came into this practice. I was actually there for 16 years. Um, I'm happy. I just keep the things the same. I don't want to think about anything different. So I was really kind of closed off to that. And I think going through the training and reflecting, you know, my own, my own wants and what was important to me, it really kind of helped me see that there were possibly other alternatives to what I was doing that I might be really interested in and how could I put them all together? And, um, and so that led me looking at a, a, some different practice models and how I could, you know, use my newly found coaching skills and use them in medicine, but also use them outside of the exam room with, um, um, some advocacy that I was doing for physician wellness in my uh, internal medicine society, the ACP, and it just really opened up a lot of opportunities. So it gave me a chance to look around and see what was out there. And ultimately I made a decision to um, switch. I just started a new position with a different um, practice model. And so I'm hoping that's going to continue to be able to be, you know, that opportunity for me to take care of folks and do it in a way that kind of serves all pieces of what I'm interested in. Well, congratulations on taking that leap. And do you think that if you hadn't done this health coaching training, do you think that you would have made that leap? You know, I, I might, I think if I hadn't done my own person being coached and kind of going through this myself, I probably wouldn't, I probably Mm -hmm. would be kind of in the mindset of like, this is the way it is. I'm just going to kind of make, make it work. Um, And so I think 
actually doing the training to be able to coach other people just kind of reinforced it. It's kind of like you heard it the first time Mm -hmm. you thought about it, but now you heard it again. And now it's kind of like that do one, see one, teach one, Mm -hmm. you know, and now you're going to, you know, really put it into practice. Um, I definitely think I've been a person over time where I've kind of been a, I would say a passive uh, I had passive intake of information. Like I really would listen to a podcast or, or watch something or read a book and say, oh yeah, that's really interesting. I should do that. But I wasn't putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. And so I think the more I heard it, the more I saw how impactful it could be. I was like, I really need to listen to myself <laughs> and I need to, uh, yes. I need to do, do this as well. Um, and not just tell other people that they should do it. So, um, so that was, um, something that I think ultimately did get me to where I am now. And um, it was just a little bit different than how you ask it. Yes. And I think that is the benefit of coaching other people is that you learn the tools to coach yourself. And so the more that you teach it, like you mentioned, the more that you can implement it yourself. And it almost gives you kind of like the impetus to make that next step for yourself as well. Yes. Yes. Just really um, seeing it work, knowing, knowing the science behind it, the positive psychology, you know, it just all makes sense. So why wouldn't you want to do that for yourself as well? Exactly. I kind of want to go back to your word that you picked, which was overwhelm. So I'd like to kind of um, get your input into if you had a client or a patient come to you saying that they felt overwhelmed, what are some of the tools or what are some of the things that you use with the skills that you have for your coaching to help these people? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. And I think the the first piece of that, when you are overwhelmed, it's often because you you may have overcommitted. You may have said yes to too many really good things. And now you're like, gosh, I like doing all these things, but they're starting to kind of build up and I just can't keep doing them. So some people come to this feeling because they feel like, gosh, I've done something wrong. You know, why can't I get it all done? So-and-so can do it. Why can't I? they don't look like they feel overwhelmed. So it's that comparison as well. So we, we get there from different places and there may be some blame and shame and all that kind of building up inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing is, is to honestly write down all the stuff that's going on. And so I, I use the term brain dump. I think people, there's so many different ways you could describe it, but you just really put down what fills up your day, how to, you know, what do you have that you're committed to? What are your responsibilities? And kind of just get it out, out on paper. And then you're like, yeah, no wonder I'm overwhelmed. Look at all this stuff. Um, and then going back and thinking, you know, what, what fits here that's really important to me? And so determining priorities, I think for a lot of people is the first step. And when you're really overwhelmed, sometimes it's like, I don't even have a second to, to even start that process. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of carve out a little bit of time, whether it's a day, whether it's an hour a week, or, you know, who knows what, just to really kind of think about what's important to me. What, what do I want to be known for when I'm 80? What do I want to look back on and say when I'm 82, you know, or 80 also that, you know, was really important to me. And did I spend my time doing that? You know, what excites me? What fires me up? And so when you start making that list and you're like, you know, this does, but this doesn't, then you can start to kind of circle and say, these are the things that I want to do and I want to continue those. There's a, um, 
analogy that I've seen folks use um, with you've got a jar of marbles and it's full up to the rim and you have all these new things you want to do, but you got to take some of those marbles out before mm-hmm. you can put something back in. Um, and so I, I think of it that way. And, and some people respond very well to that visual visual thing. Like you've got four little marbles, but there's only room for two, you know, so how to, how to kind of really start to think about um, what is important to you and how you can do more of that and less of the things that don't fulfill you. It definitely, this sounds really silly, but when you're describing it, it reminds me of, do you know Marie Kondo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what brings you joy? Yeah. You know, if it doesn't, joy? <laughs> if it doesn't that, yeah, that kind of goes to the, like, if it's not important for you, delete it, get rid of it, unsubscribe, you know, right. g- get it out of your house. Um, and sometimes that's hard because sometimes you have that mindset of like, Ooh, I should be doing this. I should, you know, this is how I was brought up. This is, you know, what my mom would do, or this is what, you know, my neighbor does. And so you've really got to kind of dig deep and figure out, you know, what supports your values, what's important to you. Um, and, and it may be having a very, very tidy house is on that list Mm -hmm. So as we talk about Marie Kondo. So, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think this is important because so many women in particular feel the need to take on everything. I know I'm guilty Mm -hmm. of that myself. And it's just like, it's really hard for me personally to kind of let go of these, you know, other things that are probably not really, you know, high on my priority list, but I try to do everything because we feel the need to kind of handle everything from the cooking to the cleaning to every, every little thing. So it's really hard for us to delegate those things that may not be super high on their priority list, but still need to get done, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is hard and it's, um, sometimes it just takes one little thing, one little delegation and you're like, Ooh, that was, that wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. so-and-so can do that. Um, but it is a, I think a, um, mindset to get out, to get over or to get into however you want to say it is that, you know, part of it is we, we want, we know we can get things done. You know, we're physicians. We have, have, have proven that we can do hard things and we can get them done and, and we can take care of it. And, and sometimes it's because we feel like we're a perfectionist and it's gotta be us mm-hmm. doing it. Um, nobody else can do it as good as me, but, right. <laughs> but when, um, when you're comparing, okay, I know I can wash those dishes really, really well. I know I can, you know, play with my kids really well, which, which do I really want to do? And if I can let somebody else wash my dishes, you know, mm-hmm. that's okay because it's more important to me to spend that time with, with my daughter or my son or, or whoever. And so I think, um, that's where sometimes those priorities, even doing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, however many, and then trying to, um, you know, trying to say, well, let's concentrate on the top three today. Um, I can do all these things. I just can't do them all at one time and, and think about it that way as well. Well, something that, um, I was reading that you wrote, (laughs) that's really interesting. And I I want, I want to talk about that is how do you avoid relapsing? Because that is what happens to me. So for example, the dishes that you're talking about, yes, I have delegated to my son and my husband a million times and they're, they're doing great with it, but inevitably I'm going to just, it's faster for me to do it. rather than let them do it. And then eventually it goes back into that same pattern. And then we're kind of back in that 
hamster wheels. So how do you advise people or how, 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 what types of techniques do you recommend to avoid this type of habit coming back? Yeah. Yeah. The dishes are interesting. So I'll, I'll kind of talk about it on a, a, a big, uh, overall scale and then we can get back to the dishes. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing, um, that I had mentioned was kind of setting boundaries. So we, we talked, I talked about to you kind of priorities, um, and all of our listeners, sorry. And then I had put avoid relapse at the bottom, but there's a little step in between that may help. And then we can talk about other things, but, but actually setting some boundaries that protect you and these relationships that you have, um, would be something that could help you from getting back into the, back into the, um, the swamp of all of doing all the things. And so how, how do you say, you know, I'm going to know I'm going to let him do it. It's easier for me to do it, but if I can keep that boundary where I'm not going to do it, then I know I can do other things. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I think also kind of getting those other people, if it involves other people into this habit of if, you know, she's going to do it if we let her do it. So they've got to kind of create this routine and get back into it as well. Mm -hmm. The part about avoiding relapse is something that I, um, I'm really working on myself. So just because I've um, done coaching and now I'm coaching, I don't have it all together, which can be a fallacy for, (laughs) for some folks, but that's, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do. So I've set my priorities. I've set up some boundaries, but as I start practicing again and have all these things that I have done this past year, when I was not working clinically, um, that I'm so interested in, I'm really nervous that I'm going to start back into full-time clinical practice still try to do all those other things I want and then get myself into this feeling of overwhelm again, right. where I've lost all this white space and margin that I really worked hard to carve out. And I think, you know, that first thing that we talked about, what's your priorities is actually going back and, and revisiting that pretty often. So it may be something you want to do once a year, like the new year's resolutions or the new year's goal reset, however you want to call it. But it may also be something you do once a month Mm -hmm. or you, you know, you're committing to something for a month and then that project's done and then you need to reset. So actually keeping up that internal reflection, what's important to me, how can I reassess because you're going to go through different stages in your life. It's not going to be, I set my priorities once and they're always going to be the same. Right. And so, so that, that is um, a process that I would encourage everyone to do. And I, I've seen it. Um, I've seen cautionary tales. I've read about cautionary tales. And I think that as physicians and, or even women who are just really driven to to, to achieve and to do all the things they want to do, it's really easy to kind of say, hmm, I'm curious about that. Let's start looking at that. And it's, again, coming from a place where you've said yes to really good things that take away your opportunity to say yes to something else that may be the best thing that comes along. Mm-hmm. So um, um, continuing this process is my best advice on how to avoid relapse. Um, and I think that's something that... Um, whether it's related to dishes or whether it's related to how late you stay up at night working on a project or things like that, that really can keep you from getting back into that feeling of overwhelm where you just don't have enough time for yourself. 
Well, I definitely love that um, the tips that you gave in terms of making a priority list and kind of going back to revisit because a lot of times, especially with the new year, people come up with a whole list of things they would like to do or achieve and, you know, they come up with their priorities and then kind of forget about it. But I think the whole aspect of going back and revisiting because many things can change, circumstances can change. I think that's very helpful and um, hopefully people will take that into account and, and try to do their priority list. (laughs) (laughs) It's not too late. It's January 18th when we're recording this. I don't know when people will be listening to it, but whatever day it is, it's not too late. It doesn't have to be January 1st for sure. Yes, definitely never too late. Well, Marion, we are running out of time. I really did enjoy hearing your journey and you discussing overwhelm and your coaching. So definitely want to give you the opportunity to share your information if people want to reach out to you and connect with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I have a website. It's www.marion-wellness.com. And I have the same handle on Facebook and Instagram. It's Marion McCrary Wellness. And I'm just kind of throwing my uh, ring into the, my hat into the ring, as they say on Twitter. So um, I haven't gotten the wellness name there, but it's Marion McCrary, MD. So please um, check me out there. I've also um, done several videos on some of these same topics um, for physicians and non-physicians on Vimeo. And so if you go on and you search under my name, Marion McCrary, you should be able to pop up and look at any of those. They're um, all um, all there for you to view. And most of them are pretty short. So you can um, watch a few or binge watch them. Or, you know, if you've only got 10 minutes, you can do that as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking your time out to record with me. I'll definitely leave your bio and your contact information on our show notes for our listeners. Thank you so much. And um, I wish you well for the year. I love the name of the podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.